Good morning. Today is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I just want to mention that after today, I will be away on a break and we will resume with God's help on Wednesday, July 6th. Meanwhile, I will be sending out the daily emails and if you are not receiving them, please let me know. I'll be happy to add you to that list. So we have a character in this week's Torah portion of Korach. When Korach begins with his rebellion against Moshe and he gathers together a collection of people, a coalition of people, among whom, mentioned at the beginning of our Parsha, is On. On ben Peles, On the son of Peles. What is interesting about On is that it's not unique that he that he joined together with Korach. A number of other people joined, but later in the portion, his name is missing. When it came to the actual event, and it lists the people who were actually punished by God for the rebellion against Moshe against God, On's name is not in the list. What happened to On? So our rabbis tell us that initially On was part of this. Uh, insurrection, but On had his life saved by his wife. His wife saved his life. And the Talmud, the Gemara Masechta Sanhedrin, in the name of Rav, tells us the story. On Ben Pelis's wife saved his life because she said to him, what difference does it make to you to join together with this fellow Korach who's leading insurrection. Because in any event, right now, you're a simple person. After the insurrection, even if Korach succeeds, you're going to be a simple person. Meaning Korach wants to take over from Moshe. So you're not going to gain anything by Korach being in charge over Moshe being in charge. You're still going to be a simple person. So what's the point of you joining together with this insurrection? So On says to her, well, I swore, I swore to them that if they would come to me, I would agree to join. I gave my word. I promised. So his wife says to him, Kulam Kadoshim, they are all holy. Everyone is holy. You just sit back and I will save you. So, Own's wife got him drunk with wine and pushed him inside the tent. So he's asleep in the tent. And then she, a married woman, sat outside her tent and she uncovered her hair. In general, according to Torah law, married women cover their hair. For a woman to be in public with her hair uncovered was a sign of a lack of modesty. And she sat in front of the tent of her home in public and she uncovered her hair. So anyone who came to get own, right? Remember, own had said, just come get me and I'll join you. When whoever came to get own, they see this tent, there's this unclothed woman in front. They didn't want to approach. It was not uh, modest. So they just went away. So he was never called to come. 
Yes, it's true. He promised. He promised. If they call me to come, I promise to come. But nobody called him. Nobody came to get him because of what Owen's wife did to dissuade anybody from coming close. And that is how Owen's life was saved because of his wife. Okay. So it is a very, very important lesson that we learn from this, that a man should have a smart wife and for a wife to have a smart husband because it can save your life. But no matter how smart they are, it only helps if you listen to what they say. So how do we say something to our spouse or to our child or to our friend or to a member of our community? How do we say something that is critical that may save their life, but when their view is so distorted, they don't see the danger they face. They don't see the mistake they're about to make. How do we say something like that so that it can be heard and acted upon? And this is the critical lesson Owen's wife teaches us this is so important for us, especially today in our own families, in our community, in wider society. How can we get through to people who just can't see what we know to be reality and they're, they're trending towards danger for themselves and others? How do we say something that can be heard? So please listen to how Bailey Newman explains this, that Owen's wife took three steps and these three steps in combination, based on this passage in the Talmud, this is how she was able to get through to her husband. We all know there's a mitzvah in the Torah of tochacha. Now, we normally translate tochacha as rebuke. There is a mitzvah to rebuke or admonish someone who is doing something wrong in order to improve their behavior. But the word tochacha as rebuke, it is so hard to do properly. It's so hard to do effectively in a way that will not make the situation worse. In fact, our rabbis say it is virtually impossible to perform this mitzvah. But perhaps it's because we have not yet learned the lessons from Owen's wife in how to do it properly. And it starts with this, the word tochacha, Hebrew word, we generally translate as admonish or rebuke. It actually is the same root word as the Hebrew word hochacha, which means proof. In other words, the Torah is teaching us that the way to influence another person to change is not through harsh criticism. It's not through disparagement. It's not through angry rebuke. And it's not even about clever, persuasive arguments. The only way to convince anyone of anything is through clear and obvious proof that is displayed 
through consistent action and deed. Own's wife wanted her husband to walk away, to not get involved in what she saw was going to be a terrible, terrible episode with a horrible ending. So she did three things, three very, very wise things that all of us can learn from and integrate into our own lives when we want to try to dissuade someone from making a terrible mistake. Number one, she started with a question, not a statement. She didn't say, you fool, you're joining up with these rebels. You're going to get us all killed. She didn't say that. Instead, she started with a question. And the question was, Own, what are you planning to get out of this? What is the benefit that you see in this? In the words of the Talmud, she says to her husband, what difference will it make to you if you join this group versus not joining that group? She says to her husband, if you want to be part of something bigger than yourself, well, first you have to read the mission statement. What is it that you're planning to join? What is the intent of this group that you plan to join? Who is this person, Korach? To whom are you attaching your name? And in asking questions rather than giving a judgment, Own's wife gave Own the opportunity to come to the conclusions himself. He could see the flaws in his own thinking. In other words, her wisdom allowed Own to be able to discover the truth for himself. And that is a critical strategy to being able to point out the error of another person's ways to give them an opportunity to discover it themselves. That's number one. Number two, she reframed the discussion. Remember that Korach, in his initial remonstration to Moshe in the reason, one of the reasons he gave for opposing Moshe, he said, Ki kol ha'eda kulam kadoshim. Everyone is holy, Moshe. Korach said, why should you get to be the leader? We should all be leaders. We're all holy. That was part of Korach's rebellion. And that's a very popular sentiment. To be able to say, we're all holy. Why should one person only be holy? We're all holy. It's a very popular statement. And it drew people who didn't really think through the consequences so clearly of what that means. It drew people to Korach. But what Own's wife did is she reframed that. She quoted back the same words. We're all holy, she said to her husband Own, but she meant it in a different way. In other words, she said to her husband, we're all holy, right? Those are the words that had attracted Own, used by Korach. But she meant them to mean, we're all holy. That means you have the potential to be holy. You are capable of wonderful things. You are capable of seeking the truth. We're all searching for how to come closer to God, she said to her husband, Own. 
And not despite this, but because of this truth, she said to her husband, I need to point out to you that what you're doing is not going to get you to the goal that you are seeking. It's not going to bring you closer to God. It's going to bring you further away from God. You don't have to go down this path. You are holy. So by reframing the exact words that Korach had used to begin the rebellion, to reframe those words, to put it in the sense that, that own could save himself from this, could reach the goal that he wanted by abandoning Korach's plan. In other words, she was able to find what was good and virtuous in Korach's words and what she knew to be good and virtuous in her husband's own, that he did want to come closer to God, that he did want to be holy. It's just that he was going about it the wrong way. She was able to point out to him through this reframing that she understood the goodness within him and wanted to support reaching that in a more effective manner. And number three, she had to make the mission her own mission. She had to put herself on the line. She made the decision that she would uncover her hair she would send her husband into the tent asleep. She understood that her husband was struggling with this difficult issue and she had to put herself on the line. She did something herself that under ordinary circumstances would not be correct, certainly would make her looked down upon by certain people. She would be, in a certain sense, debasing herself. Yet she understood she had to, you'll excuse the, the play on words, she had to have skin in the game. She had to make the mission her own. So she acted. And by her taking off the covering to her hair, sitting in front of the home, preventing those people from coming to own, to ask him to join them, what she was really saying to her husband own is you are not alone in this. I'm staying with you. I am willing to humble myself. I'm willing to smear my own name in order to join your team in order that we should be a team devoted to coming closer to God. I'm on your team. That's how much this struggle means to me. And that is what we need to do when we give tochacha. Rebuke is not a good translation. Admonishment is not a good translation. Tochacha has got to mean that we utilize the elements that Owen's wife utilized. We need, we need to make that person's mission. When we see that they're about to make a mistake, we need to make that person's goal that person's mission of avoiding their error, we need to make it our mission. And we need to recognize that it's not easy for that person, that that person is struggling. They may truly believe that the path that they are on are correct. They don't see the mistake that they're making. We need to understand why they are doing what they are doing and why they are pursuing it. 
It is not helpful just to point out flaws and mistakes and errors, but we have to offer solutions. A person who is about to make a mistake doesn't need our opinion. They don't need our judgment. They certainly don't need our criticism. What they need is our commitment to them. It requires sacrifice. And it requires humility. The Midrash goes on to describe what happened at the actual event because for a moment it did not appear that Owen's wife had succeeded in saving his life. You know, of course, the narrative continues with the dramatic showdown between Moshe and Korach. And then something happens that has never happened in the history of humankind and has never happened since. The earth opened up at God's command, at Moshe's instruction, and Korach and his followers were swallowed into the crack in the earth's surface. The Medrash says that when the earth opened to devour Korach and his followers, the very bed on which On was sleeping. Remember, he was sleeping because his wife had given him wine to drink. The bed on which On was sleeping, it began to slide towards the crevice. And On's wife grabbed the edge of the bed and held on to it and shouted prayers to God to save her husband from the fate of the other men. That's what it takes to help another person who is about to make a mistake. And we need to ask ourselves, if we try to engage in this with someone, are we willing to grab the bed, to hold it back? Are we willing to put ourselves on the line? Are we willing, if necessary, to debase ourselves? Are we willing to see the virtue within that person and recognize it and recognize the struggle that they're undergoing? Are we willing to allow the person to discover the truth for themselves rather than instructing them in it, which is probably not going to help? It's hard. It's hard to do, which is why our rabbis in the Talmud say it's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible because we rarely put in the effort and the attention that Owen's wife does. But we can learn from her. We can learn from Owen's wife that even a person about to commit a terrible sin, a terrible mistake, that person is capable of doing good. That person is capable with assistance of learning for themselves what the correct path should be if we're committed. If we make their recovery our mission. The wife of Own had a love for her husband so deep. She didn't judge him. She didn't see his one moment of weakness as being defining of his entire life. She was committed. 
she would not abandon him. And that's the level that we need to arrive at if we are to assist someone. Because that's the only lifeboat there is in this world. That is the only way to save someone else. That is the only way to be heard when we know that what the other person is doing is not only wrong but dangerous. If we're willing to do that, then at least we have a chance of succeeding. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you again soon in person.